Psalm 81, these are the words of God to the chief musician on an instrument of gap. A psalm of Asaph. Sing aloud to God our strength. Make a joyful shout to the God of Jacob. Raise a song and strike the timbrel, the pleasant harp with the lute. Blow the trumpet at the time of the new moon, at the full moon, on our solemn feast day. For this is a statute for Israel, a law of the God of Jacob. This he established in Joseph as a testimony. When he went throughout the land of Egypt, where I heard a language I did not understand, I removed his shoulder from the burden. His hands were freed from the baskets. You called in trouble, and I delivered you. I answered you in the secret place of thunder. I tested you at the waters of Meribah, Selah. Hear, O my people, and I will admonish you. O Israel, if you will listen to me, there shall be no foreign god among you, nor shall you worship any foreign god. I am Yahweh your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it. But my people would not heed my voice, and Israel would have none of me. So I gave them over to their own stubborn heart to walk in their own counsels. Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. I would soon subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their adversaries. The haters of Yahweh would pretend submission to him, but their fate would endure forever. He would have fed them also with the finest of wheat and with honey from the rock. I would have satisfied you. So far the reading of God's inspired and inerrant word. We must have genuine dealings with the Lord God. This is that for which he saves his people. Notice that the Egyptians, generally speaking here, are not saved. Uh, They are the ones from whom... The Lord saves them, verse 10. The uh, presence of verse 10 at the center of the psalm. Uh, I am Yahweh your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt reminds us that we have been saved to belong to the Lord. And that this is the nature of obedience. The nature of obedience is the life expression of someone who knows God and belongs to him and loves him who knows that God is God and that we are not. And so the Lord uh, heard their cries and saved them from Egypt. The amazing thing is he heeded them, but then they did not heed him. Uh, And so uh, he says, You called, I answered you. Verse 7. Uh, He did not answer or hear Egypt. Verse 5, he answered and heard Israel. Verse 7, and now he is uh, telling them, verse 8, hear my people. Verse 8, O Israel, if you will listen to me. Um, Verse 13, O that my people would listen to me. And so, 
the Lord has saved us and then given us his word, which is an additional blessing, a mercy, in order that we would listen to him. The Lord is responding in this psalm to verse 11, my people would not heed my voice. Now we may not think that that means us, but there are people who have a superficial hearing of the Lord's voice. Verse 15 should stir us up to seek from God by his spirit that we would have genuine dealings with him from our hearts. Because the haters of Yahweh pretend submission to him. The Lord, however, is not fooled. Their fate endures forever. And so we need the God who saved Israel from Egypt to be the God who gives us real repentance in our hearts. That it would not just be a pretended or a superficial, only in the outward actions, submission to him or repentance to him. But that he who saved from Egypt, he who established a testimony uh, in Joseph, that he would give us hearts that heed him. And that we would have the benefit of having him as our God. When he tested them at the waters of Meribah, and he was giving them manna, and water from the rock. He was showing them what was in their hearts. And so we need to have shown by our trials what was in our hearts so that we may turn from ourselves to the Lord. Because what he gave them in the wilderness was just the slightest foretaste. Remember when the Jews in John 6 wanted to eat manna again. They were asking Jesus, what sign do you show? Right, Because there was one who was coming after Moses that was supposed to be greater than Moses. And they said, well, Moses gave our fathers manna in the wilderness. If you're better than Moses, they're saying, shouldn't you give us something better than manna? And perhaps they even thought of Psalm 81. And God comparing manna unfavorably to the finest of wheat. But the Lord Jesus says he himself is the bread who is from heaven. And that it wasn't Moses that gave the manna, but that the Father who gave the manna then has now given Jesus as the bread of life, which comes down from heaven for the life of men. Jesus is better than manna, isn't he? He is uh, what the psalm describes here as the finest of wheat. And whereas they only had honey, sorry, they only had water from the rock, God promises honey from the rock. Honey here just being something that is uh, qualitatively uh, superior, of a different order, of a different kind. Just as Lord Jesus says that when we drink from him, he makes rivers of living water to flow out of us. It's qualitative of a different kind. So the one who has Jesus will have repentance given, real repentance given in the heart, not the superficial pretended submission to him, in which we're still a hater of the Lord and still will endure the same fate forever. 
but in which the Lord himself gives us Jesus himself, who is unto us finest of wheat and honey from the rock, and he gives genuine repentance from the heart, so that we will heed his voice. So that just as the Lord has listened to us and cared out of his love for us, that when we hear him, we won't just hear, oh, here's the stuff we should do, but that we'll heed his voice and that we'll care what his word says because it's his. And we love him and our hearts respond to the fact that it is he who says these things. The place that this comes out most is in our worship and in our life. It is a judgment of God, verse 12, to be given over to our own heart and to walk in our counsel. That's to have none of the Lord Jesus, verse 11. When the Lord loves us, he gives us to love him so that we want to be given up to his heart and to walk in his counsel because that heart and that counsel are his. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we pray that you'd have mercy upon us. Even those whom you save have remaining sin in which we tremble to consider how much we still walk according to our own heart and our own counsel and see in that the remnant of the hell that we deserve. We pray that your spirit would shed abroad in our hearts, pour out in our hearts how much you have loved us so that we would be full of love to you, so that we would desire you above all things and so that your word would be significant to us would mean much to us because it is yours and that we would want to walk according to your heart and according to your counsel we thank you that you have first loved us that you have actually listened to the cries of men and cared to hear us and we pray O oh god that you would make us to love you and live by your voice and that your spirit who has made such a change in us would indeed satisfy us upon the Lord Jesus himself and that we would look back on deliverance from Egypt and on manna in the wilderness and water from the rock and consider those things to be the most inferior little foretastes of deliverance from sin and of Jesus as our bread from heaven and Jesus as our honey of the sweetness and goodness of our life. Grant to us to know him that way. Grant to us to know you that way in him. For we ask it in his name. Amen.